hello and welcome to Almost 30 Podcast. Hello, everybody. You don't need to be 30. You don't need to be any age. You can be your damn self. <laughs> Just be who you are. Get you know around. Who, you know who we should bring back? The guy that we had do our original intro to just- We should. It's on, he's add on a little. <laughs> add a little something. Oh, he was like- He's like- um, So we've had three intros for the podcast over the years? At least. Maybe four. And One of was, them, everyone copied and then we had to change it. Welcome to- Or he's like, and ask. Or he's like, oh, he's like, and we ask. What's happening then? What's happening now? And and is it almost thirty? <laughs> Something like that. It made no sense. Like made we gave no him the script. Sense. He did good though. He did real good. And he goes and asks, is it almost thirty? Is it almost- <laughs> I think we were younger then. So much conviction. We were actually probably almost thirty then. Probably twenty-eight. Yeah, it's gonna be six years in six September. Six years in September. September. We should look for the day when we shared our, I think it's September 2016 was our first. September 1, 2016. Are you lying? Nope. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, 2016. <laughs> yeah, so that's, I believe that. Oh, that's five years. Five God years. damn it. <laughs> five years. I like five years better because it's like, when yeah. you say too long, you're like- We've known each other for about six years. Yes. Six and a half. You think, okay. should I be further- I know. I would like. I would almost like to be like, yeah, it's been two years. You're like, whoa. <laughs> but when, you, but the longer you say, like, in some ways, people think that's cooler than the yes. longer. They're like, oh, they've got a lot of experience. Mm-hmm. And then some ways, you're like, oh, I know the self critic is just so- this. <laughs> just kidding. I'm not just, just our own studio in yes. Los Angeles. And- Honestly, <laughs> just all the glitz and glamour of our life. <laughs> just this luxurious life right we're in the same freaking XL uh, surfer button down <laughs> was this rent the runway men's yes yeah, so, so <laughs> no, I so cute. I have, it's it's amazing so I have I have I do rent the runway because I like to rent my clothes and I rented this shirt and it's a big winner I like it a I lot I love it mm-hmm. it's fucking $300 though I was gonna buy it what is it I don't know what brand it is I never know the brands. Stein something. Stein. <laughs> Stein Keller. Uh, but like $300 for a button down? Mm-mm. Oh no. It's hard for me to... What? But I feel like, you know, maybe there's a, a threshold that we have yet to pass. Because I... I yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Maybe we won't, we won't blink at a $300 blow. Oh. I agree. That will be a point. But also... I'll get all the joy I want out of it this week and I'll fucking... That's the beauty of back. a Rent the Runway type of vibe. Yeah, there was another outfit I wore on my wedding. I did a lot of my clothes during my wedding week from Rent the Runway. I did mm-hmm. a lot of bags and jewelry and stuff. And I there was like another thing I fucking loved. I was like, damn, I want to keep this. $695. Dude, that's wrong. That's rude. That's wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? Well, was it a bag? No, it was a, oh. that. It was like that red crop oh, top thing. Oh, I like that. Yeah. But honestly, I'm like, how often are you going to wear that? Well, I, I pseudo worked in the fashion thing in New York yeah. years and years and years ago. And to see how much they mark up clothes is- It's 80, to, it's like 80, 80% and above, crazy. which is wrong. That's crazy. But that's the whole problem is like within the industry, it's like 80% markup. Most of that is profit because mm-hmm. there's such little margins. If you yes. guys have like, you know, dug into the fashion industry- on how much they're paying people. It's mm-hmm. so wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm so stuffed up. I know. Should we talk about it? Yeah. Yeah. What you think This it's... isn't the real me. <laughs> this is me stuffed up. 
I'm normally crisp and smooth. I think you're crisp and, and professional, smooth, but you just yeah, but you it is a little stuffy nose. Oh, I <laughs> allergies because we were. I noticed it was stuffy, and I was like had the nasally sound. Uh, so yesterday I came home and I was at I was in Malibu with Jenna Zoe and Jordan. And Justin messaged me and he sent me this picture of him eating this like cookie sandwich. And he's like, oh, someone sent you cookie sandwiches. And I was like, dude, another day, another treat delivery. Dude, I know. You guys, Amen. it's an amazing thing, but not if you're like, you bitch. You love, <laughs> if you love you, fucking I'm laughing, treat. but it's fucking real. <laughs> so I'm like, God damn it. I'm like, okay, there's cookie sandwiches at home. I'll try and be cool about this. I'll try and not cut this experience I'm having with my friends short to run home oh. for the cookies. But eventually I get home and I'm sharing them on stories because they were so nice. They were from Danielle and Natalie of Boss mm-hmm. Babe for the collab we have coming out. And in the video, I had sound on and I never leave sound on. <laughs> and Anna messaged me and goes, I can hear you heavy breathing. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm holding a cookie sandwich and I'm like, <sighs> I was like, dude, so, so nasty. So nasty, but it's mostly- She ran home to get the cookie. I ran home. Mostly it's because of my nostrils. (laughs) Mostly it's because of my stuff. But I think my stuffy nose is, I think it's hormonal and I think it's, what's my other theory? Also, I need to get an air purifier in this apartment. Yeah, ooh. I biohacked- I got one. All weekend. I got one and it makes such a Which one did you get? Difference. It's actually who our mutual friend Sev works for. Oh. Yeah, let me get the name because I don't okay. I don't know it off offhand. They make air, mm-hmm. air purifiers and water purifiers. I'll get the name, but- yeah, it's made such because Sean has terrible allergies. Yeah, and he's like, "Wait, why did my aller- why why aren't they that bad?" And I turned it on high, and it's just been wow, cleaning the air. It feels really, really good. I've never had allergies. Knock on wood. So I don't know. I only by proxy am feeling the pain of like mm-hmm. Sean can't breathe. Mm-hmm. It is like his eyes are. I just- think it's a hormone. There actually is a lot of research when you have high estrogen. Mm. you're more likely to have allergies. Wow. So I was thinking too, I'm like, how has my estrogen potentially been off in the past couple months compared to my progesterone? And I just always think about, and also too, how, what am I eating that could potentially be allergy inducing? Mm-hmm. A lot of nuts. Yeah. Because if I have a lot yeah. of nuts all the time, then that could also contribute to the allergies. But I also need a really good air purifier and don't they say like, um, not that your immune system is down, yes. but there is something with like the immune system. Like suppresses your immune system a little bit. Mm-hmm. Also too, it's like if you have a lot of something that you're allergic to, you could get leaky gut and that could really mess up with your immunity as well. But we just named 10 different ones. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> and then you get crabs and the crabs get allergies too. <laughs> and that leads Holy to shit. another thing. We are not doctors. <laughs> yeah. Very obviously. Yeah, I, I, ho- I hope that's at the beginning of the episode. Not doctors. Yeah, not your doc. Yeah. Um, but the stuffiness is a vibe. So today we had a session where we had an interview with Manuela that's coming out soon. She mm-hmm. is an intuitive and healer and she's just so under the radar, which is yes. my, my favorite thing. Yeah. When, when Peeps is under the radar. So we were talking with Manuela. We were talking about how she's apprenticed with a lot of different elders. And I was thinking about how in our Western culture, we just don't value elders. Mm -hmm. And we almost like siphon off elderly people into homes. 
And I almost wonder if it's because we value youth and children so much because we want to always in our minds get back to that because we always abandon our inner child. Mm. And then also too, it's like the media values them because they're programmable. And so it's like you can program the kids Mm -hmm. and the younger people, but the elderly people you can't. And when you siphon them off into homes and other places, then you keep everyone from receiving the wisdom of like elders and older people. Yeah. And I also feel like, you know, sitting with an elder is like confronting for some people. Yeah. Like it's like looking at their future yes. of like getting aesthetically yes. older, yeah. of of death, yeah. of all of these things. And we also talked about, no, actually in our, our other interview that we had today, just on this resistance and like kind of disgust to getting older and like having kind of these disorders around like aesthetically changing Mm -hmm. as like you just age and how that is like basically something that we are sold a lot of things to take care of. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was actually funny. The A few weeks ago, we went to visit Sean's mom. She lives outside of the city and every single Sunday, and his mom's 67, every single Sunday she goes to visit Miss Facey, who is, I think she's 92. And she sits with her. She has dinner with her. She's like a woman I that, love that she met and is from church. But And we went to meet her and visit her. I was meeting her for the first time. Sean has known her for a long time. And we just sat with her. And we just like spoke to her. And I just like felt this, like there was this very powerful just something very powerful about being in her presence. You know, this kind of three generations sitting together. And though there wasn't a ton spoken about, there was like something very powerful about like the reverence of Mm -hmm. the wisdom that is held within her, the experiences. And then I was like observing Sean's mom, just being in reverence to her, even Mm -hmm. though I'm like in reverence to Sean's mom. Mm -hmm. It's very cool. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's, we've lost, we've lost that. It's weird. I used to work at a nursing home. My first job was mm. at a nursing home. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> I purify you guys. This was my first job. I was 14, I think that was the legal age in Ohio, and I made 850 an hour, which was balling wow. at that age, and I worked in the kitchen at a nursing home and I would purify the food. So there would be a man named Mr. something. He was this like old man. He would make the food and I had to take the food and make it chunky or pureed. Oh, wow. Y'all, that was my fucking <laughs> job. So I took the Would food, people like check Chucky or pureed? Their nurses would. Cool. So the nurses would be like, Mrs. Penny needs pureed. Oh. This person needs chunky. So mm. I'd be like, all right, you got to make chunky peas. Got to make pureed <laughs> peas. Got to make chunky chicken. Got to make... And that was my job. But it was such a lonely environment. Mm-hmm. And I... It was just so hard. It was so lonely. It felt yeah. like... um felt like a shelter, yep. like where animals are. Like not because they're animals, but it's like that same sort of separation from- Of being left there. Of being left and waiting to be chosen and waiting yes. to be seen and waiting to be visited and like the socialization mm-hmm. and almost like, yeah, it was just such a weird thing, but- Yeah. I used to volunteer at this place called Morris Hall in high school and it was that same feeling. And it felt, I felt sad because it was so sterile. Yes. I'm like, this is a nursing home. Why doesn't it feel like a home? Mm -hmm. 
you know, maybe some are better than others. That's I have no true. idea, but it did feel like kind of a a a comfier hospital. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, when in other cultures, people live with you know the family yes. for years and years and generations and generations. When my the woman that did my makeup in Cabo for my wedding, her name's Olga. She's Los Cabos makeup. She's such a doll. Mm. Her dream, and she bought land in Mexico outside of Cabo to create a women's center for older women to learn technology because she feels like a lot of women in Mexico that she is in community with don't have access to technology or don't understand technology and they feel like they're left behind. So in this center, it's going to be younger women teaching older women technology so they can kind of stay up, which is Mm. so sweet. And I'm sure the younger women will learn so much from the older women too. And like, it was so crazy. Olga, the woman that does my makeup, she has like 14 makeup artists underneath her. Like such a ball, like just a baller, like has done such a great job of building such a big business for herself, Mm -hmm. you know, in Mexico. And she was so sweet. And it was really kind. I actually noticed her, the respect she had for older women because the way that she was talking and interacting with my mom was very different than other people, Mm -hmm. like kind of do. It was just very patient and very kind. And it was really sweet. I was like, oh, that's a great quality in someone. And I don't always see that. And I don't know if it's cultural or or what, but it was really, it was really beautiful. It might be yeah. cultural. Yeah, I think it is cultural. I feel like there is a like an angstiness sometimes mm-hmm. that we retain towards our parents yes. that like doesn't let go at a certain point. And I, you know, I think it takes actual work and like healing with each other and all these things. But and I, and I do think it is a cultural thing because if I like look at Sean and his mom or, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily feel that. But then me, I'm like, there are certain yep. things about my parents where I'm like, no. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. Know? I respect them deeply, but there is kind of that like something there. I know. know. It's like little <laughs> shit. Dude, the other night, last story before we get into Milana. The other night, Justin, or Sunday night, or Saturday night, I was like, we were at the park all day yeah. with our friends and they were drinking and I was like, I don't want to drink. So I had a can and mm-hmm. I was like, and then I had a gummy and I was high. <laughs> and I didn't know how high I was until we were like in the elevator taking our trash out. <laughs> and Justin looks at me and he goes, why did you call me that? And I was like, called you what? <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, why'd you, <laughs> he's like, why'd you call me a 10 year old fly boy? <laughs> He's like, you just looked at me and said, oh, you're a 10-year-old fly boy. <laughs> and I literally had no idea what he was talking about. He's like, yeah, what is a 10-year-old fly boy? <laughs> and I was like, dude, I don't know. I thought I said it in my head. I literally thought I said it. But then I was looking at him and I was like, you're a 10-year-old fly boy. <laughs> I was like, dude, it doesn't make sense when you look at him, but it does. I was like, oh man, you're like a little... It was so fucking random. We were dying all week. We've been like 10-year-old fly boy. But I honestly didn't know where I was. I was like, what? And then he was like, I was like, (laughs) (laughs) what? (laughs) Dude, a can and a gummy. That'll Mm -hmm. do it. It was a vibe. It was so fun. really fun. I did, I hadn't done mushrooms in a while and I did mushrooms with the girls a couple weekends ago. And I was like, Belly laughing is spiritual. Belly laughing's the best. It's literally like, it'll just, it just rockets you to the moon. It's like such a clearing. Yeah, I just felt so good. I love that. You know? You like lose weight. 
Yeah. It You're was like, just, oh, just. It just reminds you like. Energetic weight. It's like. It's oh. always available to you too. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? 100%. There's like. Mm-hmm. And you realize how like heavy you make the every day mm-hmm. when you're so light. Like yes. <laughs> That's anyway. why mushrooms are the best. Really excited about our dear friend. So Milana Snow is one of our best friends. Mm-hmm. She's back on the pod. Back on Milana the pod, was yes. actually my wedding officiant. Oh, I you think guys. you guys know about that. Just unreal. So Milana stood in between Justin and I at our wedding after Lindsay sang and did such an amazing job. As she the efficient to something. Dude, it was unreal. Yeah. I kind of was, it was hard for me to be fully aware of everything. I kind of wish I had a better memory. You'll cl- see it on video. It clarity. was, yeah. Oof. Yeah. It, I mean, it felt such an anger. Amazing. It just mm-hmm. felt, and looking at her so beautiful in the arch. I know. I was like, what the fuck? I know. So beautiful. So we wanted to invite her on again. She is, such a powerful energy healer. She's the founder and CEO of Wellness Official. She's one of our best friends. She does. She was a former model. Mm-hmm. She is an actress. She does all of these different things. But this is just a really, really good catch-up conversation. We wanted to just tap in and talk about what she's been working on in the past couple of years and really just kind of like break down the healer stigma and then also talk about just days in the life for us as entrepreneurs and us mm-hmm. as, you know, people. Yeah, we talk about um, relationships. Mm-hmm. We talked about friendships, female yes. friendships. Um, so yeah, this is like a nice little girl hang that yes. we went really deep on and just kind of pulled in our yeah spiritual evolution alongside like all of these like very human human things as well. Milana Snow, you can find her at wellnessofficial.co and she's at Milana Snow on Instagram. Uh, and she does offer um, her integrative healing training. So you can find out more at wellnessofficial.co. Yes. And we have other episodes with her. You can find Milana Snow, Almost 30. She's been on tour with us all over the world. And for our member, she did a really beautiful, powerful Mm. workshop. So we have that workshop available in the member dashboard for everyone. And I just want to make sure you guys know about Camp Almost 30. I am... The lineup is unreal. Unreal. Should we tell them? Yes. Let's do it. You guys, Camp Almost 30 is a free virtual event on Saturday, July 24th. Saturday, July 24th, we have Roddy Devlukia Shetty. We have Africa Brooke. We have Terry Cole. We have Samora Suber. We have Aaron Abke, Debbie Brown, Adriana Ayales, Jazz the Moon Mother, Alyssa Romeo, and Lindsay and I. It is like new paradigm on another level. Some of our favorite people in the world. And it is basically like an entire day masterclass to mm-hmm. really take you to the next level all for free. So Saturday, July 24th, you can reserve your ticket at almost30.com. There'll be a pop-up. Just make sure you get in because we are going to cap it at some point just because yeah. of Zoom mm-hmm. with how many people that will probably be there. So cannot wait. Yeah, go to almost30.com slash camp to reserve your spot. Cannot wait to see you there. It's our favorite thing. That favorite we've, thing. We've done, you know, as far as virtual events go, it's the best. So thank you for listening. As always, subscribe to the podcast if you're not already so you can get all of our episodes sent straight to your pod inbox. And uh, we are doing every Tuesday and then two Thursdays a month. So stay tuned. We love you all. Enjoy this one. Enjoy. It's so funny. I I had a podcast pro coaching call and the person that I was coaching, she was amazing. And she was saying, she's like, you know, I first met you at the New York event in... uh, 
the New York event we were on tour. And I was like, oh yeah, was that the one with Milana? And she's like, yeah. And you know, I came to the event. I didn't know what to expect. I was so excited to like laugh and hang out. And she's like, and then we were crying all night. <laughs> I remember, do you remember us on stage? We fucking, oh, we dude. lost it. I did like a, a monologue out yes! of nowhere. Oh my <laughs> really? God. I literally I remember did. that. I was like, New York broke me down. <laughs> And then Chris is like, Chris is like, I've never heard you speak like that. Oh my God, dude. I want to fucking jump off a cliff. Oh my God. I was crying so hard. It's like one of those cries where you can't control your face. And you did do a fucking monologue. But it literally came out of nowhere. 100%. I wasn't planning on it. You were like, it was truly back to the city that once broke me down. (laughs) And now I'm on a stage. You know, like, it's just like, Dumb. So it was beautiful and it was oh, truthful. It was true. And I, when I was in Ohio, I said the same speech. I was like, you know, I want this place that broke me down in Ohio. <laughs> I literally did the same speech in Columbus on our tour. I was like, to come back and be on a stage. You're like, what else did you say? Yeah, in your speech? Literally. Oh my God, dude. But it was so cute. She was like, it was the most beautiful thing. It like changed Aww. my life. Yeah, she has. Um, I love that. Yeah, her, her mission is like a lot. Um, about diversity and wellness. She's a woman of color and has Aww. this beautiful brand. And it was just so cute. I was like, oh my God, that's such a good one for her to have like met us from. Yeah. And I was thinking about how many, I mean, we've been all over the world. We have. Which is, I feel like you've been like a, a kind of a bridge or a gateway for people into yes. like their next level of spirituality, like yes. them coming to our live events and being healed by you. Yeah, it's just, it has been pretty, I'm actually just thinking about it right now, just pretty wild to experience that with you in person same. and just as a friend and also just like- The Chicago event. Yeah. Same. I mean, in San Francisco too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, I I definitely, I mean, even just when we were having our online version uh, mm-hmm. like a month ago now, I, I, you know, I voice noted you both and I was like, you guys, like I kind of forgot how good it is when we- Mm-hmm. three are together like mm-hmm. it's something very powerful mm-hmm. yes. you know yes and we kind of like you guys obviously have your duo dynamic mm-hmm. but there's like this another like yes. third healing thing that happens when the three of us get together it's very cool 100 mm-hmm. percent. it would be cool to do like a ceremony sometime yeah and like kind of tap into like yes. what that is oh i'll actually ask kiki because we, we were we were kiki you had a session with kiki because hey, me kiki. and Lindsay are working through our own with her move and my transitions and stuff. So we're working through our own things. So in our session with Kiki, we're like, we want to go into past lives and Ooh. see like what sort of went on. So it'd be cool like one time yeah. in ceremony to be like, show us, show us who we were previously to bring us to this point. Yeah. You know? Definitely. We could do it on our Definitely. next ketamine journey. <laughs> <laughs> or a new thing, you know. Yeah, like well. <laughs> How long have you been doing this work now? I'm trying to think. Oh man. Well, I mean, <laughs> when people ask me that, I start at the age of four. Yeah. <laughs> but I think in this in this way, it's been a little bit under 10 years. Yeah. But the the breath work, I think, was kind of what really took it up to another mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. level of just really going into a deeper place quickly. And that was about six years ago now. Mm. Yeah. With the breathwork, it was, we were talking about this the other day on the phone, but like just like the intensity of the healing and even that relates to being on tour. You know, when we've had 
these powerful sessions where we're you're doing energy healing and then we're I don't actually remember if we're incorporating breath work at our. We were we were at the digital. Some of them on tour we did. London, I think. London we did. <laughs> Holy yeah. mackerel. Yeah. Do you guys want to hear the story of London? <laughs> you guys, this was the biggest learn. Okay, I want to talk about everything you've learned since your first podcast. Yes. I also want to say what I learned. Yes. <laughs> what I learned at our London event. So we had, we have everyone set up in this room. The we fire alarm goes off. Yep. Mm-hmm. So the fire alarm randomly goes off. We're stuck outside for maybe 20 minutes. And they're like, we can no longer use this original room. We have to go into the bigger room. The bigger room forced us to be in a circle. So it's very weird that before we were in a row and then we had to go into this other room to be in a circle. And Milana had her healing. She was, you know, really going in. It was just incredible. And Lindsay and I think weren't participating. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, we were kind of... I didn't participate, I don't think. No, no. Yeah, I was like, I need We to. were like, not facilitating, but we were just kind of like yes, being around. a support system. So with the circle experience, it's just like everyone's energy is kind of feeding off of one another. So there was a woman that broke a lot of the tension of what was going on in the, the energy healing and screens. And not just any scream. It was guttural. <laughs> it was the... the and and I and I'm still in touch with her so we talk about it from time to time. It was literally the deepest scream I've ever heard in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Like truly truly I've never heard a scream like that in person. It was liberating. Yeah. But my mind was like she looked so scared. So we went upstairs and we were kind of going over and she's like, did anyone hear me scream out loud? And I go, no. <laughs> Cuz I was so scared that she was going to feel shame. I was projecting that she would feel shame. That was my projection. I was like, this woman, and she did look scared. She did look very scared for what happened. And I was like, oh my God, you can't say that. Because then she comes back in the circle and then there's a girl that's like, I just want to thank you for screaming. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my God, I feel so, so bad. I feel so gross. Had to apologize to her. But I learned that it just helped me liberate the scream from a place where I had seen it as something that would normally scare me, you know, in healing. It was like, I hadn't seen people four, three years ago, I think we were in London, two years ago, go that deep regularly. And now I've seen such, I've seen really wild things through healing. Mm-hmm. So I hadn't seen anybody go that deep. So I was a little scared. I was mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, she's going to feel shame, blah, blah, blah. This is going to make her feel better. This will pacify her. But it really, it was like the liberation of the scream. But you, through the journey, you know, even from the first time you were on our show to now, so much has changed. So much. It's like new mans. <laughs> that was the first thing I thought too. Yes, I love that. Yes. New mans, which is huge. A lot of your business has changed. Yeah. You now have a team. Yeah. What else? There's been changes in relationships and friendships and personal. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like too, you really went through your like dark night of the soul. Yes. You know, sure. which really changed you. And thank God, like came out of it at least twice. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, I always say to people, you know, being on your show, you guys, was a very pivotal moment for me. I think one was because I met you too. I mean, truly, you are just dear, dear friends to me now, which is such a fun, cool love, thing to say, right? Yes. I love it so like, much. truly dear friends. And... And then, and I think because there was like that original spark of that friendship and of like, oh, I like this person and I like Mm -hmm. the way that this like vibe feels, then that conversation was just really fun and effortless. 
And I got to, for the first time, really talk about something that I'm like a super like geek about and very obsessed with, Mm -hmm. (laughs) with people that actually thought it was cool. (laughs) And then, Mm -hmm. and then the response was really amazing because so many of you all listening really got me and what the work was about. But after that, I literally had hundreds of people book sessions with me. Yes, honey. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was shocking. I think the day that it came out, I made more money in sessions than I had made like the previous year. Yes, baby. <laughs> Within one week. Yes. Unreal. So Sounds like this thank is you good. to all of you out there because that mm-hmm. was a really big thing for me just being like a female entrepreneur, solo healer, you know, in LA, relatively new, just out of a really tough spot in my business previously having left and then like coming into this place of being like, you know, I'm going to really own that I'm a healer and an entrepreneur mm. and that I can be both of these very, you know, juxtaposed things and um and then that that episode came out and i just i met so many amazing women that are your listeners and and i hope you all know that i'm thinking of all of you i mean hundreds it was really wild to have that experience and you know from doing this work that it's like very intimate deep connections yes. even if i don't remember all the details which typically i don't it's like wow we really went down the rabbit hole together which is a very special experience so I'm always so grateful to you too, because it just, it really took things into a different place. And I was able to really step into my role as a healer from mm. there. Thank you. Yeah. I, f- I mean, I feel the same kind of about the, you know, that was a time when we were also somewhat like dipping our toes into spirituality mm-hmm. on the podcast. You know, we had been doing it in our personal life, but just like having those conversations. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I remember the same. you hesitating when we wanted to talk about the chakra system a little bit. Cause you're like, are you sure you guys want to go into this? And I was <laughs> like, right. I literally was like, yes. <laughs> sure. It was That's so right. interesting. Yeah. It was just such an interesting thing. Cause as like an interviewer, I was like, oh, I wonder if this is I didn't, I wasn't, I was trying to understand if it was an off-limit topic. You know, it was just something that you like hesitated on and I'll never forget that. But it was like you being fearful that this was maybe too nerdy for people. And too, and too too out there. there. Yeah. Yes. Yes. When really we were like ready to let it rip. Yes. Um, But I'm sure the women that you've seen, you know, the people that are almost 30, they all have like a soul signature. Don't they all have like a similar? Mm -hmm. So, so true. Everyone is so kind. Yes. And so powerful and humble in their power. Yeah, you know, and actually, a lot of them I worked on stepping into owning their power, which was something that I could really relate to too. But I've met some really like, wow, you are an amazing, powerful woman. We've got to get you to know that too. Mm-hmm. Kind of experiences with so many of the mm-hmm. almost thirty crew, and and I have to say, now have having been years, I get to witness many of them be like, oh yeah, look at you, girl, you, yeah. you stepped into it. I love it. Yeah, it's really beautiful. I think a lot of them. I mean, I feel like a lot of them too have been not only following you, but now with your mm-hmm. with your trainings and we can go into that later. But I want to talk about like owning, being a healer. Mm. What work have you had to do to kind of unblock whatever was blocking you in that? Oh my gosh. Well, I, I still, I think I still have times where I, I have to <laughs> do that. Um, and Krista just looked at me because she knows exactly what I'm talking about <laughs> because... I love it. It's so cute. 
particularly with Krista in the past, I've always said things like, hey, Krista, I'm going to take my um, my my healer hat off right now, okay? And um, I just want you to know that like, just for tonight, I, I might say things that are judgmental. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like literally she'll be like, I just need to say something like bad about people. I'm like, let it fucking rip. I know, dude. We literally. Not any of my clients, by the way. Zero percent. Zero percent about clients. Um, but, but she's yes. like, let me be a human for one minute. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think, well, one of the biggest things was that, you know, a few years before I met you two, I, I had, I was living in New York and I was running my first company and I, and I was really struggling in running it. And, and I had kind of this dynamic where, you know, being a healer and entrepreneur was just like not okay by mm-hmm. some of the people that I was working with. And 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 when we would go to like, you know, have conversations about fundraising, it was like, don't mention that that's what you do, you know, because it was kind of like the less serious part of the business, yeah. right? And, and this is women saying this to you. Yeah, yeah. And I realized that that was actually a part, like that's just who I am. Mm -hmm. And if that part is not acceptable, (laughs) then like I'm not in the right place. Mm -hmm. And once I finally got that, that I am a healer, that that is innate in me. And and frankly, I think in everyone, we all have that, that aspect of us. The more that I can own that, then actually the more powerful I become, the more serious people take me. And, and so I think for me, especially with some of this, having gotten very mystical, very weird, strange, quote unquote, things have happened as a healer and as a practitioner, I had to really own the fact that that is a part of my story. And maybe not everybody gets to hear all the, Mm -hmm. you know, extremely miraculous things that happen, but that I get to kind of still own that energy and hold that space wherever I go. And also... I hope be someone who is approachable and warm and one to be taken seriously, but also have like that kind of like other mysterious side at mm-hmm. the same time. So I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, that. no, <laughs> no it, does. it definitely does. And I just feel like, yeah, I, I, I relate just like even stepping into podcasting mm-hmm. and just, you know, I spent so much time kind of looking outside of me and I'm sure you've maybe looked to other people to show you how to be in this healing space. And really like it, it there's just so much dissonance there because obviously you are not them, they are not you. And it's once I shifted to like be what you, like to be what I am looking for, because what I was yes. looking for was never what other people were doing really because it was coming from me specifically. So it's like, it's kind of shifting that. I don't know if that's kind of like faking it till you make it energy, but like, I just really felt like, okay, I need to be what I'm looking for. Like kind of shift that energy from outward to more of like an inward and embodiment. 100%. Because I definitely, especially in the beginning of kind of making this shift, I wasn't seeing really anybody who looked like me, especially. And, and I knew that my, my perspective on, on, spirituality and wellness was like not only not being represented, but just like there weren't very many reference points in general. Like I also just think like if you look at like at history, like most of like the the iconic spiritual leaders are usually men, 
right? And and they're like leading religions or some sort of like revolution. And and maybe in some way there's a revolution that I'm a part of. But it, it was like, well, I don't even really see like that many female icons mm-hmm. who like are also like American and like mm-hmm. people of color mm-hmm. and young mm-hmm. and like still, you know, judgmental at times, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> at least you, they yes. don't show you that part um, <laughs> on the news. So So like, I just realized that like, I had to kind of create this new vision of what I thought I could be because I really, like, I didn't have any reference points for that. Mm. Yeah, I think not in in a similar sense, we didn't either for podcasting. It was like, how do I, how do we make money? How do we make a business? How do we do this stuff? But it's kind of nice because you can, like, it is a good feeling to be like, oh, part of my purpose is blazing this trail. And when you're successful in it, it's fun. But when you're like, it's a path that isn't for you, it's not as fun. But it was interesting when you were talking about the healing piece and you know stepping into being a, being a healer. In Law of One, it talks a lot about healers and healing and really the understanding that like you are the catalyst to your own healing and it's the self-healer movement. And it's also, I was thinking about like when you're a healer, you're almost like the recognition that you are God because it's like God is responsible in my perspective for a lot of like the miracles, like the healing and whatever is happening. We usually pray to God if you're looking for healing or if you're looking for a miracle. So the recognition that like you could essentially change someone energetically, vibrationally change their state is like the recognition that like you essentially are God. Mm-hmm. 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 Have you felt that? Mm. Yeah, and it's it's it's, a, it's an interesting line because I think what I've learned really since that first time that I was on this show with you guys is, you know, have now it's been literally thousands of people that I've done sessions with in private or in groups. And I think the thing that I realized was that, yes, my presence alone can completely shift someone's reality. That Mm -hmm. is true. And like, and, and then realizing that about myself, I realized, well, then that must be true about every Mm -hmm. other person. Mm -hmm. And that, when I when I finally so I realized that first part, my presence alone is that impactful, especially when I come into deep presence, right? And then the second part was, and I can't really do anything for anyone if they can't see that about themselves. Mm-hmm. So it it because I I would have these moments, especially when I when I was when when the like the practice was really picking up, and I'd have people who had these diseases that they wanted to heal and you know, heartbreak that they wanted to get over and overcome and like, you know, on the brink of death. I mean, I, I've helped people pass over, you know, all of these really deep life experiences that people go through. And I would like be in these situations where I'd be like, I just want this disease to go away, God. Like, mm-hmm. let's just, let's, let's mm. just make this healing potent enough and mm-hmm. let's make this heartbreak go away. And I realized that that was like totally coming out of my own ego mm-hmm. and my own fear and my own focus on what, mm-hmm. like, what isn't working and mm-hmm. what, what needs to be quote unquote fixed mm-hmm. or that they can't overcome. And so when I finally realized that when I'm in a space of just deep presence and, and equanimity and knowing that all is well right now. And to to then do my part to help them to understand and feel that truly, truly, truly in the depths of their soul, that's when the miraculous things happen. Like the things that you, you don't think are actually real, right? That's when those things happen. And so I think that's the really interesting balance of like knowing that it isn't really me that is doing any of the work. And yet my presence alone at the same time can also shift 
someone's life. And, and, and the same is to be said about every single mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've both done a lot of, or been healed by you many times. And just that recognition in the moment of like the fact that I can heal myself too has like time and time again brought me to tears, you know, just kind of like really simply like feeling my own power. How are you, I guess within the healing, like how are you connecting people with that? You know, like what exactly is it the combination of the breath work? Like, I guess what in the room is happening just so people can maybe understand I'm just smiling because I'm thinking about when we were filming my last training Mm -hmm. and just thinking about just those moments being captured of when you can tell and you can feel Mm. and you can see that someone has shifted completely. Mm. And, and what, what comes to mind is just that, that this deep recognition of the self is, is what is like the spark of, Mm -hmm. of like, reality shattering experience like to to come you know so the 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 breath work i find gets us there very quickly but there's Mm -hmm. also infinite methods i mean you can use plant medicine you can use a a sweat lodge um a a long stay in nature you know but it just so happens that holotropic breath work can get you there within an hour or or less right Mm -hmm. to really deep depths of of presence and so I find that with the breath work, because it gets you there so quickly, it really pushes aside all of our resistance mm. to being fully with ourselves mm. and, and, and knowing and feeling and seeing what's there. And in, and in that moment, when you like first hit that first layer of like, oh, wow, this is what's real for me. And I'm totally present with that. That is like the reckoning of self. That's when that's when you're both you see your humanness, but you also see the like the infinite you, and and that part no like no one can do that for you. Like I can't do that. I can't hold the mirror up mm-hmm. for you to feel that. You have to embody that experience, mm-hmm. and so that's why I always like I am definitely not healing you. It's like I am with you because literally you're the only person who can allow that to happen. And it, and I think that's why the spiritual teachers say everything really is free will mm-hmm. because you could either allow it or not, even mm-hmm. though it might be really hard and you may not know how to get there. And that's the job I think of the healer, right? To help you get there. But ultimately when you're like teetering on that edge, it's like, do you jump or do you stay? And that's your choice. Yeah, I think about that. You know what? It's like, okay, so if we have the moment of the jump or the stay, a lot of that then comes to mindset, you know, around people's fear of healing or fear of the jump. So do people oftentimes have to do mindset practice and mindset work to get to the place where it can feel like they can do the jump or they can have the healing? That's such a good question. I think the nuance that came up for me when you asked that is belief. Yeah. Because you could have all sorts of mindsets around not enoughness, um, a pattern and way of being, yeah. frameworks that you work in all day, every day. But that like that final factor of will I jump or mm. will I stay is literally just a belief. Mm. Like is, and that belief might come down to, do I believe that miracles can happen to me? Do I believe that I will always be the same and there's no choice? Do I believe that destiny is always written for me and I can't do anything about it? Like those, like it's a very 
specific, I think it comes down to that, like that moment because we have many times where we can stay or we can jump, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, for example, you know, some some might say like, well, is disease a choice or is infertility a choice? And I would never go into like the nuance of that without having a lot of time to talk mm-hmm. about it, which maybe we can. But we can see that sometimes we like infertility, for example, like I have a lot of clients that will come to me. We've helped a lot of women get pregnant in this work. And we'll find that it's the infertility is actually because there's something that's out of balance that they couldn't see that they actually were withholding from themselves. Mm. Like something as simple as I'm afraid that I'm going to have to stop working and I actually really would like to not stop working. And so there's like a belief there that if I have a baby, I have to stop working. And that's like our bodies literally say, okay, we're not gonna have a baby then. You know, and then once we jump off the cliff and say, no, I can have both or no, I can wait and then do this, then literally we can get pregnant within days. I mean, it's really, really wild. And so when we start to see that we've got these like little beliefs that are playing in the background that we don't even know that we've like abided in, and then we can see them and then make a choice, that is what breaks patterns. That's what breaks habits. That's what breaks generational ancestral curses or belief systems that keep perpetuating themselves throughout culture. So I think it's it comes down to that. And that's where free will is. But the, the hard part is if we don't have consciousness mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. what's actually operating, mm-hmm. then, then we can't possibly do anything about it. And that's where I think mindset is because a lot of us maybe don't prioritize getting to being an awareness of how we are operating our lives mm-hmm. under the surface. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is self. The awareness of self, witnessing self is like the biggest thing. And that's really when you're asleep or you're conscious. Yeah. You know, when you're on autopilot completely or you are choosing, okay, I see this, mm-hmm. will I jump? Yes. You know, I see myself. Will I lean in? I see what's happening. Will I move forward? And even, you know, in my life, it's like I've I've definitely been conscious for a while, long time, but there's still levels to that. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, really, where even with Lindsay's move, where I'm like, oh, I see myself contracting. Mm -hmm. I see you. Okay, what's that? Or like, I see myself avoiding. Okay, what's that? You know, and really just as we heal, we find these other ways to like witness ourselves in these times and in these moments. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like the the speed and the commitment with which we kind of tend to those things that come mm-hmm. up. Because it could be like, it, it could be in the moment you just kind of like lean into it like mm-hmm. we are doing and like mm-hmm. really look at it, which I think is a whole other level of consciousness. I mean, that's another fucking level. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, you know, we could just be like, whatever, like, this is hard. Let's just get through it. Yes. It's like, no, there's actually like a pause. And it's almost like you top, you stop time a little yes. bit yeah. in the work and stop and, and resist or not resist. And don't, you're not letting the, yeah, what's coming up kind of overwhelm you. It's more like, what is this showing me? And yes. looking at it as information. An offering. Yes. Yeah, that's the thing is like having, and that's the thing with healing that we come to. It's like, okay, so you could have the choice where I'm witnessing myself being resistant to healing or I'm witnessing myself being resistant to intimacy. And then having that next phase is like, I'm going to choose to jump. And then you're choosing to jump. You're choosing to get intimate. And then you also have to be like, I'm going to, for me, maybe this is a me. 
I have to say, I'm going to trust this person. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be seen. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to really let myself, because when you're healing in your moments too, like you really are being seen. Yes. Really being seen. So there's actually first the awareness and then there is a lot of other decisions that people can potentially get, get stuck on as well. Yes. Well, absolutely. There's, there's a, a very high level of vulnerability that happens in this, this like this turning point that we're talking about. Right. And, and actually something I've been saying to a lot of people lately is that it's also for the role of the healer, a very vulnerable moment mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. because, you know, if we're really in a safe environment, then both of us are being completely exposed mm. in that moment, mm. right? It's like both of us are being totally seen, transparent, in oneness, no, no, nothing put mm-hmm. up as a front, mm-hmm. even if it's the time that you're taking the leap and I'm, I'm witnessing you. It's a very vulnerable mm-hmm. moment for the healer too, because I myself am being revealed as you're mm-hmm. able to see that clearly at that moment. And then you realize that there is no separation, that really I am you and you are me and that there's like, there's nothing to hide anymore. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think what's really interesting about just like where we are in consciousness right now is that I'm starting to see that literally everything that we do from moving to New York to getting married is really just another exercise and getting to the core of who we really are mm-hmm. in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. Like really, if we really like look at it and we see that we can be this conscious throughout the entire process of what we call life in our bodies, you can drill it down to being like, oh, wow, that was just a thing that helped me see mm-hmm. more of who I really am and why I came. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and that's a really interesting way to approach life. And maybe sometimes not as fun and sometimes really, really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, like to think of that, just like it, it was almost like feeling like I'm being pulled out of the chaos or out of like mm. the shit storm. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like if I'm pulled up and I see, oh, all of this is mm-hmm. just a way to get to know who I really am, then I can come back down into it. Yes. And it just feels different. One thing that's always been really surprising to me about this work is the like the instantaneous release of something that I've been believing or feeling or dealing with for so long. Yes. Where it's like I'm shown in that moment how incredibly human I am, but then how also how infinite and divine I am, where it's like in one moment it could just ha huh, not be who I am anymore. Mm -hmm. And then it's also my humans like, oh, but I've carried that for so long. And like, I kind of want to be with it a little more and like, Mm -hmm. you know, attachment to the story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's it's such a weird feeling, but I always remember that because I've had many a moment with you in healings where I'm like, oh, and talking about free will, I'm just like, I have a choice to like, let this go right in this moment. And it's such a, it's something that like we pray for but then when yes. the moment comes, it's like, this is terrifying because who am I without this story? Literally. Yeah. yeah, I think even I was, I've been working with this a lot with the wedding and I'm going to do like a full episode on this, but like I for so long thought, this is, sounds really bad. I for so long thought getting married was like corny. 
I'm not kidding. I mm-hmm. thought it was corny. I'm like, this is my, but I realize it's like my high school self that felt completely heartbroken over what had happened with my family. And so I would be like, I thought getting married was corny. And I'm like, oh, that's actually not my current identity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like my current identity understand, like, understands the spiritual conversation that's happening and the spiritual commitment that this really is. And that I define whatever it is that marriage means for us and that it's actually really beautiful. And I've been given so many examples of beautiful, heartfelt relationships to really confirm that. And then also with you, it's like, I would be like, I'm, I fear intimacy with females. And I'd be like, I fear intimacy with females where it's like a mutual intimacy. I think I can be intimate with people that are not fully intimately responding to me. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, I want to like, I was like, oh, what if I'm done with that? What if? Mm-hmm. I was like, what if I'm done with that? Yeah. What if I'm actually okay to be intimate with women? You know, and yeah, and just how quickly we can let go of things and then how does that feel? And if there is the resistance to letting go, it's like, what's that resistance and why is it coming up? Yeah, you know, this this all kind of reminds me of a, of a mushroom journey that I had a couple of months ago. Um, my boyfriend facilitated uh, a psilocybin ceremony for me. And I remember one of the first things that was like, when as I was kind of coming out of it that I said was, well, what is my identity? Because none of this means anything. Mm-hmm. And it was really disturbing at that moment. And I realized that it was because my identity was kind of like a container mm. for this this energy called Milana. And it was like, so I need I needed a container so that like I knew how to move, how to relate to people, how they could relate to me. Mm. Otherwise, I was just like this amorphous blob that just like filled all spaces. <laughs> totally. You yes. know? Mm-hmm. And it was like, I needed an identity to feel like I was a human. Mm-hmm. And so as I started to kind of come back to my, like my more human Milana brain, it was a really interesting thing because it was like, oh my gosh, literally everything that I call me is something that's made up. It's what I made up. Even even like extremely quote unquote real stories like I had trauma in my childhood or I am a woman who lives in Los Angeles. Like all of that is made up. And when I realized that, it's like, okay, so if I can start to really drop down into these stories, mm-hmm. I mean, even just the idea of like what we call Los Angeles and what we call like living in Los Angeles, like all of that are constructs. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you really sit with that, it's actually, it's kind of scary. Mm-hmm. Everything's, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're all constructs. The stock market. Yes. I mean, that's <laughs> literally, literally what I was thinking of. Stock market. <laughs> yep. Everything is a construct. And so it kind of makes us feel a little bit safer mm-hmm. to say, this is Los Angeles and mm-hmm. this is what Los Angeles looks like. And this is Milana. And Milana looks like yes. this. Mm-hmm. Because if we can all just agree on this, then, then that's the one thing that we can say is real, right? And it's like, guys, all of this is really just a figment of our imagination. Mm-hmm. Money. Yeah. Because it's like, we've all, we've all here determined that this piece of paper is 20. Yes. It's mm-hmm. 20 units of measure. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's like each time we're like, oh, we, we all determined that when I log into my computer, this screen says 
an amount that I've determined based on whatever, and the bank agrees with that. And so on my computer, I'm seeing this number. Yeah, it's a complete, everything's a complete construct. And that's, I think it's kind of empowering because it really can bring us back to like how much change we could have in a lot of different systems. When we realize like these are socially agreed constructs that we've all determined that can be shifted and changed based on our conscious awareness level or like us being mindful about which construct we're we're participating in. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, one of the things that came up when you were saying that is around time for money. Mm -hmm. Something that's really changed for me over the past even couple of months is like, what is the value of my time? Like what an interesting, what an interesting idea that like, this session cost this amount of money when you know you'll never be the same after we spend this hour together you will literally be different yeah and so will i frankly and so why does that why does it equal a certain amount of money that you can just pay for right now like and and what an interesting thing that we're doing here you know sometimes i'll have there are some women out there not even just women people out there that i will reach out to and say, I'd like to give you a session just because I think I could help you. And if you're interested, I just, I really value you and I'd love to support you in some way. And they'll try to pay me. And I say, I, I don't want your money. This is not about that. So it's this really interesting thing because, you know, as you start to also get paid a lot of money for an hour of like speaking, which has really changed over the years for me, then it's like, well, wait, what equates what anymore? Mm-hmm. You know, and what I finally am realizing is it's about feeling a certain way now. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not about the money. It's not even about the time. It's how do I feel when I'm in it? And that's kind of how I'm starting to identify and, and make choices. Curious how you guys are in that. Yeah, that's really I, I had to I had to work on because coming from, and I know you were too, like the the acting world and auditioning and just praying to be picked and casted in something, I said yes to a lot of things that were either super low pay or no pay for experience or to add to my reel or what have you. And I don't think that was quote bad or anything, but I got to a point where I was like, wait, this doesn't feel good anymore. Just to your point about the feeling, I was like, wait, this actually does not feel like an energetic exchange that I want to be a part of. I actually, for the work that I'm putting not only into this project, but also into the training, into just maintaining who I am to show up to this is actually worth more. And you know, it wasn't until we started the podcast that I was like, oh, you know, it totally shifted because, mm-hmm. you know, soon we became someone and, mm-hmm. and you know what I mean? No, Super famous. Super famous. <laughs> soon we became super famous. But it's crazy how very, how very quickly, and even like SoulCycle gave me that confidence a little bit where like, it almost felt instantaneous where I was like, oh, I no longer have to say yes to things just so I... I can down the line get the big opportunity that I really yes. want. Mm-hmm. I actually can be, you know, discerning in this moment and maybe say, you know, a, a gracious no and hold the faith 
and knowing that, no, actually I deserve this. And yeah, this the settling energy I was like kind of done with. And waiting to be chosen yes. and yes. validated and approved by someone outside. A hundred percent. And that's also how you get paid. Yes. Torture. <laughs> yes. Torture. But I, but I think it's like, it really is you, in the moment. Lindsay's actually better about being discerning than I am, I think. Lindsay's Depends. the one that says no. You say no. Like yeah, when we true. have things, I'm like, yes, please. <laughs> and they're like, how much? I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> and Lindsay's always like, no, no, no. I love that. Yeah, I'm not as well. well it might be other. because of those years of having yes. to like go through that. I don't know what my There's my an thing energetic is. though too, but, but I think you, you always help me to see past kind of my initial resistance to something because of, you know, my... I don't know. I, I'm thinking yeah. of a recent example, but I think, you know- I always break you down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, lower your standards, bitch. <laughs> but I think there is something to, um, you know, Jazz says this, but like kind of like holding the pose yes, mm-hmm. and knowing not only what you're worth, but like what is really in alignment. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then like having that be kind of the- the container through which the big thing that you really, really desire comes yes. through rather than yes. kind of like opening for these little yes. things. You yes. don't want to take the breadcrumbs mm-hmm. when you can get the whole yes. slice. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what Jenna Zoe says. But with the feeling, I think it was so interesting that you're talking about the the feeling and how you really focus not on the money, but like how it makes you feel. And I think that's also how people spend money. Mm-hmm. Like even if we're buying a Birkin bag, we mm-hmm. believe that it will make us feel empowered mm-hmm. or make us feel beautiful or sexy. Everything that we buy is for a feeling as well, even if we don't know it. Mm-hmm. Even if we buy cat litter, it's to make us feel more safe, that mm-hmm. our house is going to smell good. Even if we're buying the most basic thing, it is for a feeling in the end. Mm-hmm. And that's also too, like in relation to everything around us being a construct. It's like, these are essentially all constructs where we're like playing in our feelings around things. Yes, I would like to talk about uh, something that you mentioned a little bit earlier about when you were in business with with some other founders and you were told that you could not be an entrepreneur and a healer. Yes. And I think that's so fascinating because I wasn't surprised to know that it was women that said that to you. And I feel like that's usually the case that women are sort of holding other women back by mm. projecting what they perceive to be the truth on other women saying, I've never felt like I can be more than one thing. So I also feel like you shouldn't. Yeah. So you need to just be one thing. When you were in that experience. Were you able to tell that was what was going on or did you feel sort of shame? And how are you stepping into your multidimensionality now? Oh, thank you. Well, I think it, it really, it, it took that last uh, blow of a female kind of relationship mm-hmm. to blow up before I realized that I had an inability to see that women had uh, ill intent towards mm-hmm. me. Like mm-hmm. I, I had, I'd had many, and we talked about this in the friendship episode. Mm-hmm. I had many experiences where it wasn't like I didn't have a part in it, but truly like there were at least three friendships where I was like, wow, this really was not something that I deserved, but I still created, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And when I got to that relation, those, those two women that I was in business with back in 2017, it was really clear to me that I was completely unaware that there was like ill intent. I just didn't know that that was how it went. I know that sometimes we can be catty or we can fight, but the the idea of I'm going to actually go and get you without you knowing, like that to me was like very, very new in my mind that that was a thing that people still did. 
And so I realized, you know, after I really came through that more clearly is one, that that is always a reflection of some part of myself that I was not able to deal with and face. It probably came from my childhood that probably I I was in denial about because it was easy for me to kind of play the victim or play the 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 role that I was used to mm. playing. And so when I finally like really really looked at that particular re- those two relationships, I realized that you know, I was just so afraid of owning everything that I was. So I was constantly inviting namely women into my life who would test if I was going to own it, Mm. who were going to be like, and if you're not going to own it, then I'll take it from you, you know? And it it really finally in 2017, after many years of having different iterations of this, I was like, oh my gosh, I have invited this in over and over again because I give my power away and, and think that that's like what I'm supposed to do. You know, even just as early as this morning when I was journaling, it was like, I, I realized that for so many years, I wanted someone to, to, to agree that I was worth something, that I was somebody, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I can imagine so many of us who've had very ch- challenging childhoods, you, you, you wish that the people that mm-hmm. could have taken care of you would have realized that you were worth protecting or worth, you know, being taken care of or whatever that is for us in our own stories. And so I realized I'd spent so many years wanting someone to just say, yes, you are somebody, you are special. And then having gone through all the things that I've gone through and like really challenging stuff over the years, I realized that I was just being asked to do that for myself and to be so strong in the fact that, yes, I am somebody. I am extraordinary, as I believe we all are, by the way. And I own that. Then anybody who doesn't recognize that can fuck off. Mm-hmm. Like literally, like, oh, you don't recognize that? Like, then this is not a good relationship mm-hmm. here. And and so in like the most humble way, I really, really, really do believe that we all are someone and that we all have so much beautiful talent and and so many gifts to cultivate over time to really show that unique, extraordinary quality to the world. And I've spent a lot of time doing that for myself. And so now I'm at this point where I'm like, oh yeah, uh, if you can't respect the time, the energy, the the quality of what I've cultivated, then you're not getting close. And it's mm-hmm. that simple. Mm-hmm. And that to me was when everything changed. How do you discern between... Because I, I, I like and want to embody that energy more. And then how do you discern between the moments with either friends or family where you not meet them where they are, but like work with, because I Mm -hmm. I always feel like we meet people and or we're born into families for a particular purpose or many purposes. And so when do you spend time with that? And when do you just discern Mm. like, and put up a boundary like that? Yeah, I think, I think especially with family and, and like childhood friends, we have a very hard time in drawing the line and have a very hard time of cutting those cords. And from a healer perspective, by the way, those tend to be some of the most damaging Mm -hmm. cords, like the cords that are really actually causing disease Mm -hmm. and, and mental health issues Mm -hmm. in our bodies, our minds and our spirits. So I want to be really clear that like, while our parents and our childhood friends are not our enemies, because we are so entangled in a lot of unhealthy connection, 
there's a lot of things that we don't realize are actually not supportive for our whole well-being because we're so deeply enmeshed in those relationships. And so one of the things that has been really clear for me, both like in my own personal life and in, in the practice as a as a healer and practitioner is that boundaries, no matter what, no matter who, have to be there. We must, if, if, if we have very clear boundaries around what respect is and what kindness is, and by the way, we also live up to those boundaries. So you can't just put them out there and then you don't, you don't hold the line for others as well, but you're really living within that, those, that, that construct, right? Mm-hmm. That kind of construct where you say, in my life, the relationships that I have are kind. In my life, the relationships mm-hmm. that I have are respectful. And if there is anyone who crosses that line, they are not allowed. And it doesn't mean that we're mean to them or we're violent. No, it just means in my experience that we make it very clear that this is what's allowed in my life and this is what's not. And if you can't respect that, then I'm sorry, but for now we're going to have to part ways. And, and then getting super clear with ourselves on where we feel you know, distressed about that, where we haven't been in integrity ourselves. And then doing the work to clear whatever that is or to do better and be better in whatever regard we are asking others to be. But I, I think the boundaries with whoever and whenever they need to be drawn have to be really, really clear because this is, we're talking constructs here. That's your reality. So if you don't actually can contain that reality, then it will be a reality that you didn't really want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering too, it's like interesting with boundaries. It always feels like it's like the lesson precedes the boundary. So we learn the lesson and then we create the boundary. I'm wondering, and then, or maybe it's like, so that happens, but then maybe you can be so far along in your conscious journey where you've created the boundaries and that sustains. Do you think that's true? Like the, the lesson usually precedes the boundary? That's a really good one. I, I was thinking about it as you were saying, and I do think that experience is our best teacher mm-hmm. because it, it moves through the, the inner filter of our experience. So we, we experience something and then we have all these like, you know, our chakra system where that like energy has to move through and kind of go, okay, how does this feel here? Mm-hmm. And how does this feel in our heart? And how does this feel in our belly? So I think, you know, experience contains all of that going through it. I I feel like, you know, we we can be told something, but unless it hits all parts of our knowing, it doesn't yes. really. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It's not something that you can embody. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think you do have to experience to some degree. But the thing is, like, do I need to be tortured to know that? Like, I don't need to be tortured. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's so true. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yes. So so it's like maybe it's not the actual literal thing, but it's like the energy and the symbol of that thing. Yes, perhaps that's. Yeah, More I always feel like our souls know the like the boundary that needs to be made mm. too, and totally. so it's like I do like in my experience, it's always a lesson and then the boundary. But I do think that you know the more that I like, whether it's soul journaling or just connecting with my soul on a deeper level and having that conversation, it's it's pretty clear. And not that I make the boundary before I learn the lesson, but like I. It's almost like I know it before it happens. And yes. then it happens. I'm like, oh, damn. Mm-hmm. That's exactly I what I yes. was feeling too. And I, 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 yeah, it's like, I have this kind of visual. When I have to make choices, I go into my steam shower. I love that. Mm-hmm. And I sit down and I like work it out energetically inside wow. of me. Mm-hmm. And even if it's stuff that like I 
quote unquote, don't have anything to do with. Like somebody has to make a choice whether they're going to pay me X, Y, and Z. And I want mm-hmm. the job and they're going to... Mm-hmm. And I will go work out their decision in my shower. Wow. And I'll be like, let me see if I'm aligned with this or not. Does this actually feel right? Is this... Mm. is all, Are all the dynamics of this actually what I desire and, and for what reason? And what it, what is all of that inside of me? And then the second that I really get aligned and I feel like, yeah, you know what? This is right for me. Okay. And I was feeling resistant before because I was afraid of being seen. And now I'm not afraid of that anymore. Okay, cool. I get out of the shower and I book the job. Mm-hmm. So there's, I think that there's something around, like it's, it feels like even the, the boundaries that we have to set or the relationships that we're in, again, it's like always coming back to coming back into ourselves and feeling and understanding more about the labels that we have on the world and and the the belief systems that we're like containing our experience in. Mm-hmm. And if we can just use these all as cues, like go into the steam shower of your life <laughs> and be like, all right, where does this sit with me? Then we could be moving through things super fast. Mm-hmm. I think that's why the three of us, I mean, just as friends, mm-hmm. we are like constantly changing, yes. constantly expanding because we just go into the steam shower, sit down and let it move through. Mm-hmm. Yes. Boom, boom, boom. How does that feel? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Let me mm-hmm. line with that. Okay, let me let that go. Cool. And then, oh yeah, guess what happened? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is powerful. I think we all kind of do. I'm just kind of thinking about the social media world and how I think all of us sort of go through our process on our own and then share. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we're people to share in the middle, to share at the beginning, you know, to share when it's not fully ready to share. And I think, yeah, that's just, it's just kind of the way it is for us. Mm -hmm. And I find it to be interesting when people are sort of in process sharing so much because that's actually been my fear. I'm like, I don't want that to be my story. Mm. Me sharing, I don't want that to be my story. Mm. And- I even get kind of hesitant when I talk about something more than freaking twice because I'm like, I don't want that to be a part of my story. I don't want that to be defined uh, by me. And I know that we've all done very deep work in the past two years, sort of solo and on our own and really in our own process. And since, you know, you've been on the podcast, what have been some of the most deep learnings that you've had? So many, my gosh. What about love? I... You're reading my mind. I know. Because I was going to say, and my boyfriend, Justin. Yeah, I think, well, the thing that I was thinking right before you said that was, you know, I totally manifested my relationship with him and, and got lined up with it after like really kind of struggling for like a year in that department to like really just go to the steam shower of my life and just get it together in, inwardly. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? Like, struggling is <laughs> a stretch, but <laughs> let's just say I had some interesting love stories. Um, I don't remember. It's it, just for a second. I don't remember I know, you without Justin. I remember, oh, meaning, like, I remember where, I, where I just feel like you're, you know, there's just a, a power to not only you individually, but just you in partnership mm-hmm. that is like just... I, I don't have any memory of oh, anything else. I'm so else. glad that you <laughs> feel that way because I remember myself going to Air One just looking around like, is he here yet? Same. Mm-hmm. Where is he? I wore the yoga pants just in yes. case he's here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know? And the glossy uh, yeah, exactly. Yes. Yes. But he's not here. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I remember that like year before, I mean, it was, it was 2017 and it was a huge transition year for me. And it was like that theme of like really owning everything and just being like, this is who I am and rooting into that. And dating actually relatively nice guys for the most part and for the most part <laughs> and and having pretty nice experiences but 
But I think one of the biggest things that I had to remember, and I, I hope this like really hits for anyone who's feeling this way in the love department, is that I was like, I've been manifesting every other area of my life, but I haven't let that apply to love and romance. Like I have, like mm. I had a belief that like that was the one thing that mm. like I can't really use my magic mm-hmm. in, not because I had limitations around my abilities, but just like I didn't even think that I could do that because I felt so disempowered in that department. Mm. And and so when I really really stepped into 2018, I'll never forget that New Year's. I was like, I'm leaving all of that stuff that happened in 2017 really tough year in 2017. And I'm no longer going to look for this guy. I just know that now it's my job to feel ready for him. Mm. And it was a very, it was, it would actually, it kind of, I took clues and cues from my past because I thought about how I did Project Runway. And it was like, I, I did Project Runway as though I was the winner the entire time. So I'm like, so then that's what I'm going to do with love. What, what does Moana look like when she's with her partner? And so I, I would have a lot of fun with that, you know, when I used to feel so scared about it and, and like unsure if that was the thing that I could finally overcome. And so, yeah, I think for me, finally having some like more like, oh yeah, and this is just another thing that I get to look inside of myself mm. and see where am I not allowing this to flow. And uh, within, I think, three months of doing this very intentionally, Justin slid into my DMs. Yeah. Do you remember what his first words were? He sent me a picture of his, uh, his sister's dog in a sweatshirt. <laughs> <laughs> and said what? <laughs> and, his, and his sister's dog's 150 pounds, by the way. <laughs> I don't even... It, like, honestly, who knows? But it was something like... Like, does this dog turn you on? It was something like, I've got a big black dog in the family too, or something like very. (laughs) I was like, but honestly, he won me with that one. Mm. I was like, wow. Cause I, oh, it was in response to a picture of Aria. I was going to say response. Yes. Yes. Mm. Aria. Mm -hmm. But he was, he was kind of in my, in my, uh, comments for like a couple of weeks and I just ignored him, ignored him, ignored him because I, I saw his little blue check mark and I saw that he was on tour and I was like, hell no, I'm mm-hmm. not trying to date somebody who's on tour and who's like in a band. I'm not like, not interested in that. Isn't it? Oh, the resistance. <laughs> it's so funny when it kind of like points you to something. Totally. Okay. So next was. Oh, about him or yeah. just in general? Yeah. So d- did you end up speaking well, for a little a Did you reply to the DM? Uh, I finally <laughs> did. Yeah, that one got me. That one got me. But I think by that time, I also, I was still very much like in my magic. And so I was like doing tarot card readings and, and meditating about this person, not knowing that it was Justin. And I got two tarot card readings that told me that I was going to meet my partner the first week of June, which is like very specific. Mm. And I was like, oh, cool. So that's happening. And this, when he reached out to me, it was like, it was April 27th, 2018. I actually wow. remember that. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, huh, that's interesting. It says I'm going to be meeting this person like in person soon. So maybe it's him. I'll just be open to it. And then sure enough, um, he and I t- just talked on DMs for about a month. And I remember Father's Day, I told one of my friends, if this guy doesn't get off DMs, I'm done with him this weekend. Like I'm done. And I remember saying, but I remember that he was talking about how he's got a show at Red Rocks. He was performing at Red Rocks Amphitheater. And I just feel like he should take me there. And she was like, wow, that's kind of (laughs) bold. And I was like, yeah, but if he doesn't get this off of DMs, I'm done. (laughs) 
And that day, Father's Day 2018, he texted me for the first time that day and said, hey, I know we haven't talked before and I know we don't really know each other, but I'm performing at Red Rocks Amphitheater and I thought it would be really amazing if you came. And I was like, oh shit. (laughs) That's so wild. And did you think like this is... Oh, I was like, this is something for sure. And and we had met one time behind like backstage after his show for like 10 minutes at that point, but we hadn't been on a date yet. And that was our first date, you guys. Mm. I remember that. It's two days. It was insane. Wow. It was very, and it was a full moon. It was, it, it was pretty. So after that first date, I was like, damn, I think this might be the dude. Mm. And I didn't think it was going to look like him. And I didn't think he was going to do these things in the world. I just, and I was very resistant to that, you know, but, but I definitely knew that there was a lot of magic and synchronicity and I couldn't deny that. And it was because I was very much in that work that I knew, okay, this is something because I knew what I was up to. Yes. You know, it's so, it's fascinating to hear you say that just like this falling away of like just some parts of you that you had upheld, just speaking to, you know, the beliefs and the stories that we were talking about earlier. It's like, that's why I think partnership is so beautiful too. It could be really hard and challenging at times, you know, to kind of see parts of you like fall away, but it is so beautiful that they kind of serve, whether intentionally or not, as like this, I guess, mirror, but just kind of flicking parts of you to the side because they're like dead skin. And, you know, you going to his shows, you know, over the years, I'm curious, like just knowing how you used to feel about dating a person who would be a musician or go on tour. It's like, do you just see it with completely new eyes? Totally. I mean, I think the, the way that I really knew, oh, this is my person was about, six months in and I went to a show that he had in LA before we were like official official, but we were only seeing each other. And I remember, you know, there being fans and people crying and getting his autograph. And I remember just kind of being like, oh, that's kind of weird. And that not because the fans are weird, but just like, oh, it's so interesting to see him in that dynamic, you know, like, Mm -hmm. wow, that's kind of weird. And then seeing him on stage and seeing how happy he was on stage and that that was the best part of my night. Mm-hmm. that's how I knew, you know, it wasn't cause I mean, Milan in the clubs, New York would be like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I got, I'm dating the famous DJ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, look who I came with. Yes. You know, that was VIP me in my only 20s. Yeah, exactly. yeah. We don't wait in line. Yes. You know, that was me in my twenties. <laughs> yes. Now I'm in my thirties and I'm like seeing this man that I'm falling in love with and I'm seeing him truly be in his like work on stage. And I was like, Oh shit this is my dude. Like that's the only thing I care about. And that, that for me was a big show of like maturity mm. for myself. Cause I was like, Whoa. And I literally don't care about all this other stuff. Truly. Like I actually sat in myself I'm like, wow, you really don't care about all of that. And obviously too, I think one of my fears that I had prior was that, you know, if I were to date someone that had any level of fame or any level of visibility that that was dangerous, that that was Mm -hmm. inevitably going to cause me pain. And to kind of actually allow people to be more multidimensional than that and to allow men to be like honorable Mm. and cool and all of those things that are also like visual and appealing and trustworthy was like a new level of what I was able to hold. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. That's so true. 
Like how can we let men break the paradigm as well? Yes. How can we support men in breaking the paradigms that they're currently in where they have to be one dimension. They have to do this to be successful. They have to do this to be a good partner. There's so many different ways with that. That's so, yeah, that's so beautiful. And we're talking, just for the listeners, we're talking about Justin Beretta. So, <laughs> so Milana's man is Justin Beretta. They, just, everyone would be asking and they'd be creeping for hours. So I'll just save you the creep time. I knew it. And he's my favorite. I knew Truly. it. I knew we were like, so who is this guy? I love him. He's <laughs> my favorite. Justin. He's literally like a love bug. I know. Yeah. He's yeah. a love bug. He's, yeah, he's a very unique like he's really very, very unique. He's, he's a unique. very, very, very special person. Yes. Like standalone outside of me 100%. being in a relationship with him. Like, wow, you're just a really good person. Hundred percent. What is like your like spiritual evolution within the relationship look like? Yeah, you know it's so funny. I was just talking about this with Alexander Roxo yesterday, oh, and I've been thinking about this ever since because, um, you know, I think there's there are certain things that you can learn single that you cannot learn in a relationship and it goes the other way as well. There's certain things that in a relationship, that's the only place you're going to learn it. Mm. And for me, I had never been in a uh, a long-term committed relationship where it was like, oh, I'm actually, this is my person and I'm open to that being just it for me. <laughs> you know, and I say open because I'm also, I'm open for it to flow where it needs to. And that kind of level of vulnerability of like, I'm committed and and I'd like to see where this goes. And so for me, being in that position for the first time in my life really opened up like a new level of the video game, mm-hmm. as Justin would put it. Like hadn't been on that level yet. There were new, new things to look at. And I think, you know, I've I've told you two before, the biggest thing for me was my whole childhood and even into my adulthood was about constantly moving and constantly mm-hmm. going on to the next thing and looking for what's next. And I think if if you're a kid that was raised like where you also moved all the time, you really understand that actually being in one place doesn't feel as safe mm-hmm. as constantly being on the move. And so now we live in the same house for two years, which is like a huge deal for me. Wow. And we're And we're going on our third year together. And I'm like, wow, this is a level of stability of being still and in one place with one person that I literally haven't even known in my childhood, let alone in a relationship Mm -hmm. as a woman. And I think that the biggest thing for me was actually, what is that new level of the video game look like when there is stability, when there isn't chaos, Mm -hmm. where it's about thriving and not surviving, you know, and and really like evolving out of the part of me that thinks that I have to look and scan everything all the time to make sure everything is okay. To not be like, oh shit, are we gonna have to move if something mm-hmm. happens? You know, so it's really been like, and 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 this is really also in relation to him because he's a very very solid person. Even just the way he's like physically built, he's very yes. solid. Mm-hmm. And I'm very flowy and emotional and spiritual and I can I can astral project in seconds, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm like, oh, this is like, we're here and things are good and we're okay. And, you know, balancing th- those aspects of myself spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically has been challenging, but also a really beautiful um, way to kind of like step into my womanhood. Mm. Yeah, what has Justin taught you? Ooh, my gosh, so much. Well, it's funny, 
he's probably one of the more laid back people I've ever known. And it's really annoying sometimes. <laughs> I mean, same. <laughs> My life. <laughs> because I the Justins. You know, yeah, exactly. The, the Justins. Justins. Too chill for their own good. Right. We're projectors. <laughs> yes. I'm I'm a Virgo too. So I am like very and and also just, you know, a trauma response for me that I practically became a healer for is like I'm always going to have this thing until I decide otherwise, is until this final thing is worked out. Where I'm like, I kind of want to know what what is. I want to know where we're going, who's gonna be there, mm. what's happening. And Justin's like, we're just going to show up and it's going to be cool and we'll get there and we'll be great. And I'm like, (laughs) all right, but like, do we know like who's going to be there and how should we dress? And I mean, I used to walk into buildings and look for exits all the time, Mm. wherever I went. Mm. And I don't do that anymore. Mm. And it's, you know, that kind of like we can relax, but we can also still be aware and not asleep to life is a really new approach Mm. to being. Um, he also is like a psychedelic warrior. <laughs> I had only done DMT prior to us dating. And now I feel like I am a psychedelic expert. You are. <laughs> You're mm-hmm. co-warrior. <laughs> but only responsibly and, and in sacred ways. And and he's really um, championing psychedelic therapy through the clinical trial system and really bringing light to like sacred sacrament and plant into a way that can really like be respected and and change the way that we do medicine and health and healing in the healthcare system. So I'm wow. really, really excited about that. I would say lastly, just this idea of okayness, mm. you know, that everything is okay, which might might kind of tie to the first one, but I think also because he has done a lot of psychedelic journeys and has really like gone through the the like the the you know, the dying before you die cycle in psychedelics Mm. to come back so many times and be like, you know, I actually think everything is okay to kind of have less of an urgency to heal, less of an urgency Mm. to, to be more X, Y, and Z because a lot of my healing Mm. and a lot of my like desire to be a healer was really to heal some very challenging, dark things that happened in my life, you know? Mm -hmm. And so to kind of like let that be softer and just know that like everything actually is okay, even Mm -hmm. if we're evolving, even if we're healing has been kind of a new level of, of exploring that way of life. Mm. Same. It's beautiful. The chillest Justin's ever. (laughs) (laughs) Chill. Need to balance us. I know. Literally chill. But it's, it's funny because I'm, I'm more of the chill and Sean is more of the intense. Mm -hmm. And I thought I was the intense in some... It's just Mm -hmm. interesting how in different relationships, you're going to probably feel differently because of the Mm -hmm. contrast of the other person. And it definitely brings out parts of me that I'm like, whoa. It's just... Mm -hmm. It's it's funny how everyone's a different mirror for you. I feel like we could talk for three hours. I want to talk about uh, what's coming up and what you've currently been just developing and doing within Wellness Official, within your own practice and just what people can look forward to and really get involved in. Yeah. Well, after, you know, doing so many one-on-one sessions um, since 2017, because that's when I went full-time officially, like as a healer, I kept on getting asked over and over and over again, how can I do this? Like, how can I facilitate this experience for someone else? And I just thought, wow, you know, the I don't really know where to send anyone. I don't know how to tell you how to 
do this other than just tell you how to do it, you know? And so uh, back in uh, 2019, I just finally got the hit that it was time for me to teach people what I was doing. And I just, I said to Spirit, I'm like, I don't know how to teach people because nobody actually taught this to me. This is just a lifelong practice that's come together over all these years. And what I got back was just bring them through the practice and then tell them what you're doing. That's it. So I started my first energy healing and breathwork training. It's called Integrative Energy Healing. So I'm just integrating everything I've ever learned and then asking you to do the same for yourself. And it's a four-day training. Um, We've done now three cohorts. And it's essentially going through the breathwork and energy healing in a very deep way yourself. So basically like what we talked about in New York, LA, you know, or London, it's doing that four consecutive days in a row. And then there are hours of talks about, okay, let's talk about what you just experienced through the chakras. Let's talk about why the breath feels that way when you get scared and the nuance of it. So as you experience it and then you understand why you're experiencing it these ways, then you can help facilitate that for someone else. And so I'm teaching our next um, in-person training at the end of June here in Los Angeles and our very first in New York in September, which I'm super excited about. I wonder if it's when I'll be there. Oh. With Linz. Do you have your dates? It's the first weekend of September. The third, fourth, fifth, somewhere in there. Mm. I think we'll be a little later, but you'll probably be there for a little bit. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. My birthday's right after that too. Mm -hmm. Our birthdays. Mm -hmm. Virgo's baby. (laughs) We should celebrate in New York. That'd be so fun. Let's do it. Okay. So yes, I'm really excited about the in-person because it's going to be, you know, God willing, everything will continue to roll out and we can get together in person again. And it's really, I don't think I've ever felt more complete after holding space for those four days. It's a very just humbling experience to see people recognize who they really are amongst each other, to see Mm. the humanity of themselves and each other. And the groups are extremely diverse. It's really, that part is very Mm -hmm. humbling too. Um, And so, yeah, we've, we've taught at this point now, it's been how many people, my God, we've, it's been over 75 people. Wow. Which is really, really cool. And a lot of people that people know. Yeah. Jazz, Jazz, the mother, Crystal Street, Crystal Street, Lauren Ash. Gosh. Mari Roberts. Oh gosh. Yeah. Who else? So I don't. Yeah. So many. But yeah, a lot of amazing people in the community. Yes. Alex Hollander. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Love her. Um, Just and so many others. Um, Yeah. So I, I, that this is definitely. The next thing. And what's so cool, like take someone like Jazz or, or Crystal, for example. I mean, they're reaching people that I could never reach. They're speaking about... And it's and this is you know a testament to them and their own practice. But this is just adding a new layer of tools and depth that they can use. And it's really cool. I mean, thinking about Crystal, just seeing how she's working with people who just... I don't think would ever come to me. <laughs> they would never come to me, you know? And it's like, they're coming to Crystal and they're buying like a beautiful diamond necklace at the same time, you know? And it's yes. just like, wow, so cool. So that that's what's happening this year. We're also working on some really big projects that we're going to kind of keep under wraps, but it's definitely going to continue to grow. And Wellness Official, we just had another version of the site come out. Really, really excited about having online courses for the first time on the site. We have events available for booking with some of our practitioners. 
And that next vision is the the profiles of our practitioners, mm-hmm. both from the cohorts and just our community of, of healers and teachers all over the world. So yeah. And I think also for me professionally, this next layer is really speaking in to existence, this um, just reaching more people in a much bigger way with yeah. products in a much bigger way, with um, platforms in a much bigger way so that we can really see what's possible when people experience this kind of work. Mm. Completely. Powerful. I'm excited. Mm, thank you. So, so proud. Yeah, truly. You. Yeah, especially truly, having truly. the people come out of the healing, just changing the world. It's so beautiful. Yeah. And yeah, we love you so much. We appreciate you so much. Same. You've been here for so much. So you guys can listen to the Friendship Roundtable episode. Milana, Letitia, Lindsay, and I did. And then our first episode in 2017 as well on, on chakras. <laughs> See, who knows? It's just crazy to like go back. We, you know, we've had only a handful of people on twice. And like to yes. go back and kind of listen to the first, it's like, wow. I'm like scared to go listen. I know. <laughs> Maybe don't. <laughs> Actually, I think iTunes doesn't allow people because I think it only allows. Oh, it's too early. It's too archives because they archive after a certain. Do you know yeah. what no I was way. thinking? I'm like, yeah, yes. So yeah, they archive <laughs> Is it to on a YouTube? certain. YouTube. Yeah, it should be. I think yeah. it's on YouTube or SoundCloud. Yeah. Yeah. People can listen on SoundCloud. Yeah. And then Milana Snow on Instagram, wellnessofficial.com. Yep. Wellnessofficial.com, milanasnow.com. Mm-hmm. You can book for healing sessions and then all the training information there. I'm actually not doing any healing sessions right now. Okay. Yes. They can wait. Love yes. It. It's either it's either come to the training or come to some of the healers that I've trained. Perfect. And for I, now. Think, I think people should know that for the training, it's not just people who want to be healers, you know, because I feel like, yeah, that could be I something that could be that stopping you, someone. You mm-hmm. said that in, in one of your stories and I was like, oh, that's my girl, mm-hmm. man. Yes, because I think people are like, but wait, I don't want to do this as a job. And, I, and I'm and i just like, this is, you are a healer as you are writing your book. You are a healer when you, when you go to your job and you console someone when they're crying at their desk. Mm-hmm. Like every single one of us has an innate gift. So Let's let's bring that out. Let's cultivate that gift. Let's find new ways to express it. Yes. And that's what this work can do for yes. sure. Mm. Ooh. Maybe I'll do the New York. That'll yes, be that'd be dope. Okay, we'll that'd talk. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll we will see you on the next one. We love you so much. Love you. Love Bye. you. Bye. Thank you so much, Milana, our very dearest friend. You can follow Milana Snow at Milana Snow on Instagram. And then you can also find her at Wellness Official. It's wellnessofficial.co. And then Wellness Official is the Instagram. And thank you so much to our sponsors who support this episode. Uh, we can't do it without you. And we only bring you brands that we love and use ourselves. Issue, BetterHelp, Ancient Nutrition, Public, and Bowl and Branch. You can find all discount codes in our show notes as well as on almost30.com. Just scroll down and click on partners. And we will see you guys at camp on July 24th. We cannot wait. It's a free event. Register at almost30.com. And then we'll be opening up enrollment for membership again. So members get amazing bonuses like a free workshop with Milana Snow, which normally costs a bunch of money. It doesn't happen very often. So you can get a bunch of bonuses by being our member. Yeah, we have a lot of you on the wait list. So we cannot wait to open it up again. Go to almost30.com and sign up for our newsletter. So you will be the first to know. Thank you all. As always, we love you. We love you. We'll see you on Instagram, Almost 30 Podcast. Bye. Bye.